What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Dog. Triple D. And with me tonight is my co-host with the most, Mr. Miggity Mac. Mm, mm, mm. Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventureInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, but that's not really uh, our style, so we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 with cussing, chicken murder, and stop-motion nudity. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, come back later with that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 8, Pantheon nomination number 2, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Nominated by Ryan Smith, guest voter Jesse Reyes. And before we get to any of that, mm -hmm. let's chat about Pantheon. Okay. Mr. Miggity Mac, tell us, what is Pantheon? Pantheon movies uh, hit on all cylinders, like acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, and special effects. And they have that X Factor. They are essential viewing, the best of their genre. Mm -hmm. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, I don't know what that even means. Ow. There are nine members on the AV Council. Every three weeks, a council member nominates a movie with a 500-word write-up or 1,500-word write-up. Everyone else votes, well, yes or no, with their own reasons and write-ups. And in addition, there's a guest voter. Mm -hmm. So seven council, nine, nine council members and a guest voter... And then the Facebook poll counts as one more vote for a total of 11 votes. Now, to get into Pantheon, yep. a movie needs a two-thirds majority, that is, seven of 11 votes, to be put on the pedestal. Now, we have looked at one movie already uh, this season, which mm -hmm. was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And I would like to let you know that... It got 8 of 11. 8 so of 11. It is See, Pantheon. it didn't even need my vote. It was already there. It is. So, here's a question for you, a little foreplay yes. before we uh, get to, get to get to moving on this. Yes. And and you can go one of two ways. Okay. All right. I get option 1, children's stories that you'd like to be seen made into a movie. I already have an answer to that one. Or favorite stop motion Film. And I have an answer to that one. All right, let's let's hear what you have to say. Well, children's stories that I would love to see made into a movie is uh, Charlie and the Glass Elevator mm -hmm. from uh, the the sequel to the second uh, one. Yeah, the second one. I as far as I can tell, it's not been made into a movie, or if it is, maybe a TV movie or something. I don't know, but I would love to see it made into a movie with the same love and quality as at least Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, if not Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Uh, but with modern day special effects, I think that would be fabulous. Mm -hmm. Now for the second one, my favorite stop motion film, uh, it, it's it's almost a tie and these two are in completely different genres. Yeah. But like the 19, I think it's 1940s King Kong movie. I saw it in the theater when I was a kid. It was, you know, replayed in the theater. It's all black and white. That, that movie is just burned into my brain. And it's not so much nostalgia. It's just like being able to tell a story with as little special effects as they had at the time. They told the whole story. Yeah. It was yeah, great. Yeah. And second, that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer film yeah. that we grew up with. What, what, what are the, what's the names that Burris and Raves? Or, yeah. Or, uh, 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 not Burl Ives. That's the singer guy. We'll come back to that. We'll come that. back to that, but My, yes. Yes. And that was done stop motion, claymation type stop motion, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. 
How well, about you? For me, uh, first one I want to see is like a Christopher Nolan's dark and gritty reboot of Hop on Pop. And then second... <laughs> oh, pardon me for taking your question seriously. No, no. I mean, you took it so seriously. I had nowhere to go except dumb. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, for the second one... <clears throat> Not necessarily favorite, but most impactful mm-hmm. stop motion was for me in Clash of the Titans, the old one. Yeah, the one I probably with the I Gorgon it in high school, right? And uh, Even had Medusa. Medusa's head and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah that, that was fabulous. That was a good one. You're right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So the uh, I'm, I'm sure I've I've revisited it uh, again, and it, it still holds still up. Holds I mean, so. not. I mean, not like, from a special effects. Not from a special effects, but it, but at the time, those skeletons that are just like you know, like weird, badly made robots. They, the way they move, they're just terrible. So let's do some movie. Uh, let's do some movie facts right yeah. here about the fantastic Mister Fox. Go ahead and run us through that. that right it there. is rated PG. Its genre is stop motion, children's comedy. Wes Anderson as a genre. Directed by, of course, Wes Anderson, who, and we've already talked about Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, but he did Rushmore and Roll Tannenbaums and, oh, a whole bunch of other movies. Screenplay by Wes Anderson, Noah Baumbach, which is... He's done a bunch of Wes Anderson Anderson stuff, but also the upcoming Barbie movie. Barbie movie, absolutely. (laughs) Based on the book by Ronald Dahl. Uh, This is the second book by Ronald Dahl that we've talked about, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There you go. Well, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka. Factory. Well, it is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The movie. Willy Wonka it, was yeah. the movie, yeah. Uh, produced by Allison Abate from The Iron Giant. Scott Rudin from... Uh, it has an eight West A West whole movies. bunch of films. A bunch of South Park. No Country for Old Men. Wes Anderson and Jeremy Dawson. Who also did a bunch of, a bunch of Wes, Wes Anderson stuff. stuff. Cinematography by Tristan Oliver, who did Chicken Run, Paranormal, and Isle of Dogs, which is also a Wes Anderson I Love Dogs is Wes Anderson. Edited by Andrew Weissblum. Music by uh, Al- Alexandra Desplat, who did Twilight New Moon, Godzilla, and Back to the 90s. Tons and tons, tons of stuff. Tons yeah, of stuff. All over the place. All over the place. Production by Indian Paintbrush, Regency Enterprises, and American Empirical, Empirical Pictures. Distributed by 20th Century Fox. Released November 13th, 2009. U.S. wide. Theaters across the U.S. with a running time... Of a stealth 87 minutes. This movie has star power. Holly, star Hollywood power. star George Clooney, mm. Meryl Streep, Jason Schwartzman. Wait, Bill Murray? Bill he works Murray, with Wes Anderson? Willem Dafoe and what? Owen Wilson. What? This, this is our second Jason Schwartzman film of this season, right now we're That's looking true. at. Uh, a synopsis of this tale from IMDb An Urbane Fox cannot resist returning to his farm, raiding ways, and then must help his community survive the farmer's retaliation. Yeah, that's he does one ex- way. He does exactly what he was told to stop doing, and because he did it, his entire community is almost wiped out. So he has to fix that too. So Yay. I think another synopsis of this could be Wes Anderson does. Roald Dahl's Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then that that would tell as much of the story. Yeah. Uh, like it, yeah. uh, it's very much. It'd be like remember Peter, remember Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Think Peter Rabbit from a fox's perspective, but with Wes Anderson directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rankin and Bass, by the way, 
for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, and there, there it yeah. is, Rankin yep, yep. and Bass. So, ratings, reviews, receipts, first ratings, IMDb puts Fantastic Mr. Fox at 7.9 out of 10. Metacritic, the aggregate score, they give things 83. It's a must-see on their list with 34 reviews that they've used to aggregate the score. User score, 8.3. Rotten Tomato has it at 93% fresh, 85% audience score, and Google has it at 86% like it and then that number doesn't really mean much we've found because it's always between about 85 to 95 virtually uh, always so let's uh, let's get some reviews the top end and the bottom end from different sources uh sure richard brody from the new yorker rates it well his reviews rated fresh visually the movie's a wonder with its profusion of detail and exquisitely focused performances by the figurines whom Anderson frames in images as precisely composed as those in his live-action work. Now, bottom of the barrel, Deborah Ross from The Spectator gives it rotten. The animation is beautiful. The attention (laughs) to detail is a thing of wonder. But the story's a mess. The script is banal. And as visually stunning as as it all is, it just doesn't seem to have any kind of soul. Metacritic reviews. Sure. Uh, we got a couple other top of the you know, top of the pops here. Scott Foundus of Village Voice that Metacritic rated his rating at a hundred. He uh, here's a snippet from it for the reportedly painstaking labor it took to create the film is a marvel to behold with its wonderful shifts in perspective an intensely tactile design and an intentional herky jerkiness of motion that only enriches the make-believe atmosphere on the other end of the spectrum matthew sorrento from film threat his was rated as a 20 his reviews rated as a 20 the animals are often caught in a stare as if they too are looking for the tale that Anderson forgot. Mm-hmm. Huh. Right. Wistful. That is a wistful review right it is. there. It is. Um, and I'll just note that this was a, an outlier. Like most yeah. of the scores were much were higher. Yeah. But this one was the, the bottom. Um, now if we look to the hoi polloi, the, the basic people, you know, Everyone. the regular everyman the reviews like from us. Metacritic. 8.3... 584 reviews, 517 were positive, 33 were middle, middling, 34 were negative, and on the top, D. Fitty, D. Fitty. gives it a 10, superb! Wes's world ported over to animation very well. I had the biggest grin on my face throughout the entire movie, extremely well done production, voice acting, script, dot, dot, dot. Come to think of it, I enjoyed every little detail of it. Hmm. Well, Daphnek. Or Daphne C. Or Daphne C. Daphne. I didn't know I if was it going was with Daphnek. But, I, you know, there's no K. So, yeah. Daphne. Daphnek. Daphnek rated it as a one. This was a pretentious, boring, painful to watch piece of I am so cool, look at me, I'm a hip director movie. I would have enjoyed it a lot more if the sound had malfunctioned in the theater. Then I wouldn't have had to hear the ridiculous dialogue and painfully boring hip dialogue. I guess either of those, ridiculous yeah. or hip, either. I, I, you know, could have been written better uh, as a, as a little review there. You know, combining the two, but oh, definitely yeah. but did not right. care. But I think her her point, Daphne's Daphne, point, Daphne, 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 
Daphnek. Could be Daphnek. I don't even know. Daphnek. I'm sorry, Daphnek, I'm pronouncing your name wrong. But yeah, I mean, I, the point of Daphnek's review is uh, is clear. So, over to our AV Facebook our, comment our section. Our discussion board yeah. right here about this movie. So, we've got a, a couple different points of view here. We'll start with Brandon Folk, who said, I think it's a very well-done animated film that boasts outstanding visual work and is great. has a great cast. The music is its own character, and the humor's sharp. It's a story about a family and love, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Much better than Isle of Dogs. I would say yes to Pantheon. Mm. Katie Jean said, excellent movie, family favorite. Now, we got a couple more words out of uh, Alessio Pasquale than usual. And, uh, usually very succinct and, and uh, short-winded. Just, yes. Uh, but here he said, bogus buns and beans, one fat, one short, one lean. Such horrible crooks, so different in looks, but nonetheless equally mean. I, you know, I translate that, and I and, and uh, I read a lot of Alessio's uh, posts. I translate this as he was saying... This movie was done so well with the exception of just a few minor points that he would think that Disney should pick this up and maybe move it ah. into the Marvel Universe. It, it, it definitely is on the Disney uh, Disney streaming platform. So, um, yeah, Alessio doesn't tip his hand one way or the other Not on this, really. but I think that he likes it. Joshua McLaughlin, McLaughlin. says... McLaughlin! says, yes, yeah, this definitely deserves it. Not being into much of Wes Anderson's works... This is one of the few about which I get the hype. The only knock I would give it is some anachronistic to me, overly busy music on the soundtrack. Otherwise, though, it's a gem and certainly would attain the stature of a Pantheon title. So uh, then we have Scott Herdliska who says, Superb film, maybe Anderson's best, which is saying a lot. Now, why don't you read the next one for sure. us? Uh, Giselle Butler says, I don't think I've ever seen this uh, thoughtful emoji. I'll have to look it up. And then following, following by... immediately said, oh, I see why now. It's Wes Anderson. I'm not really a fan. He's definitely got a certain style of filmmaking and storytelling. I tried getting into his stuff, but never really could. I don't know why. I'm the odd one out. I know, lol, cry face, laughing. I think I liked... Bottle Rocket back in the day, but it's been years since I've seen it. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, she gave us a, a one-two punch yeah. right there. Was like, um, ha-ja, the other ha-ja. One was like, uh, no. Ha-ja, and then George West says, fantastic film, absolutely deserves to be in Pantheon, like the majority of Anderson's filmography. And then uh, I included a, a little bit longer portion of this one, but both, uh, I think, Joshua and Bill... Uh, this is from Bill Wheat. Both of those two had longer things that I pulled and excerpted. Oh, excerpt yeah, these out. were snippets, yeah. Um, but Bill Wheat said, I know I'm going to be in the minority when I say I couldn't connect with this one. This film looks amazing and the voices are superb, but and clearly Defoe steals it, but I still sat perplexed, waiting to connect to the story, the characters, the odd style of stop motion. And I don't feel I ever did. Perhaps it was the feeling of pressure for the assignment. Perhaps I was just too tired or not in the mood. I looked it up in Letterboxd and the film received lots of love. An endless barrage of four and five star ratings. But way down this list, I saw something different. Someone 
perhaps not in the mood either. So uh, yeah, not not a little 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 more uh, less than lukewarm on on that one right yeah. there. Yeah, so, and, and then found a little confirmation that there's at least a few other folks that maybe feel the same way. So uh, I was making a comment to you earlier today that yeah. I, I had a revelation a little bit. And, right. Uh, we'll, I'm, I'm going to mention it now rather than uh, a little bit later yeah. when, when we get to just quipping about things. But it was the thought that, you know what, is that Michael Bay is the complete opposite of Wes Anderson. Like, directorially speaking, that he is very much the, 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 the polar opposite, where you have Wes Anderson who said, I'm going to make this pastel, I'm going to make this slow-ish, I'm going to make this filled with ennui, I'm going to make it quirky and, and like... Not really for the masses, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make forty-seven dollars and three buttons from profit. this movie. A profit from this movie, where Michael Bay is like, "This is gonna be loud and bang and for everyone and go America, yeah!" And, and it's gonna, gonna make, make a billion, a billion dollars profit. <laughs> yeah. So, and they both like, have the same budget, by the way. Yeah. They're both given the identical budget. <laughs> so, uh, I say that as a preface to receipts to see whether or not. That my my intuition earlier today would be shown in the receipts of whether or not Wes Anderson makes some money back. Right. Well, versus Michael Bay. I have a stack here. Big stack. Of receipts that I have compiled. Uh, If you don't mind, I'll just run through them right now. Absolutely. All right. Fantastic Mr. Fox, as we said, came out in November of 2009, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Cool. Production budget $40 million. Domestic gross, $21 million. It's going to need a few more buttons. Worldwide, 46.5. So, you know. Uh, average ticket price in 2009 was $7.50. Now, we take... We've talked about this before. Absolutely. Our patented, copyrighted, trademarked. trademarked. Butts in seat index, BSI, where we divide the U.S. domestic gross by the average ticket price to come up with a way to compare older movies, newer movies, you know, pre pro post COVID. Average whatever. ticket price of the year the of movie the was the year yes. the movie was released. So average ticket price two thousand nine, as I said, was seven dollars fifty cents. So when you do the math, you get a butts and seats index of two point eight oh, which is about a third, approximately a third of the of the Fight Club standard, as everyone knows, seven point three million. Seven point three million. The Fight Club standard was uh, set in place long ago to to indicate uh, a movie that was a cult classic, but didn't necessarily perform all that great in theaters when it was first released. When it was first released, this one's about a third, approximately a third of that. I know the math is not quite a third, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, now, some comparisons. Uh, this is a Pantheon movie that's Pantheon, already in. Yeah. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Came out in 2004. Was 119 minutes. Again, Wes Anderson. Production budget was $50 million. Domestic gross, $24 million. Even worldwide, 348 Now, in 2004, the average... Now, just to stop for a second. Yes. That movie lost $15 million by that math. Yeah, and in theory, made some money up on... 
streaming and DVDs and whatever, right? Merchandising. But merchandising. <laughs> lot, of, lot of little red hats were sold. A lot of little red I hats. I own one. I own one, Although too. it was a gift, It was given. It was given, yeah. But in any case, average ticket price in 2004 was $6.21 for a BSI of $3.86 million. About half. Half the Fight Club standard. Another Wes Anderson film, Isle of Dogs. I went with this one because it was also Wes Anderson, but also animated. Uh, Isle of Dogs, 2018, much more recent, uh, 101 minutes, uh, production budget $35 million, domestic gross $32 million, worldwide $64 million. In 2018, the average ticket price was $9.16, so a BSI of $3.49 million. He's... In a range here he is. of 2.8 to 3.5 million on these three <clears throat> movies, and only one of them seemed to make any money, uh, and that was the global one with Isle of Dogs. Rango, yes, what why is this on the list? Well, okay, number one, it's animated, number two, there's a character that does his normal thing and then gets in trouble and then has to turn around and try to fix it and save the sure. town, the community. Yeah. Those two things I felt like were in common. Um, so I went with Rango. Its production budget was, oh, that's 107 minutes. Uh, came out in 2011 by Gore Verbinski, directed by Gore Verbinski. Uh, production budget, 135 million. Domestic gross, 123.5. But worldwide, two hundred and forty-five point seven million. So in twenty eleven, the average ticket price was seven ninety three for a BSI of fifteen point six million. Which I would consider Rango to not necessarily be all that impressive or, I, or incredible of or I've tried to watch it three times. Movie, I've never gotten through that. Movie. But it's made it made three times. It has a BSI three times higher, double than them, but double the Fight Club standard, right? Yeah. So and it made a quite a bit of money in the end, right? Not including DVDs and streaming. Well, I'm sorry, like four to five times higher yeah, four, than Wes Anderson's films that you mentioned so far. Yeah, certainly five times higher than Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's not a criticism of Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's just a way to compare across the spectrum. James and the Giant Peach, uh, by a 1996 film by Henry Selick, 79 Minutes, uh, also a short film, also animated uh, some common themes between them, but James and the Giant Peach is a is a, a nightmare before Christmas Coraline type uh, experience. Yep. Uh, uh, that the first time Roll, I watched it, I was, doll. yeah, it was the first time I watched it. I was completely out of my mind, drunk. So I had to watch it again to make sure I hadn't imagined it. Production budget uh, was thirty eight million dollars. Domestic gross twenty nine million. Same worldwide. Don't even think it got out of the U S. In 1996, the average ticket price was four dollars and forty-two cents for a BSI of six fifty-six. Six point five six million. million. Yeah, six point five six million. Sorry, still twice what we're looking at for the Wes Anderson films. But then I went with, and I mentioned this earlier, Peter Rabbit, uh, the 2018 version. There's been a lot of versions of Peter Rabbit made for TV and yeah. otherwise, but the 2018 actually has a sequel, <clears throat> Peter Rabbit Two. Uh, very high-end graphics, very high-end CGI. Um, 95 minutes, directed by Will Gluck. Its production budget was $50 million. It's in the same range production budget as Isle of Dogs, Life Aquatic, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Domestic gross, $115.3 million. Worldwide, $351 million. A third of a billion dollars 
uh, global. Average ticket price in 2018, $9.16. Uh, so a BSI of 12.59. Just for comparisons yeah. of movies with similar structure, similar, maybe some similar storylines within different directors, it kind of lays it all out for you there. Now, uh, Wes Anderson tends, from these that we've been looking at, tends to have kind of on the lower end BSI in the theater, but these movies have had a life of their own. Yeah, in, it's like in after home, people dis- home theater. Yeah, it's like after people discovered him, then they went <clears> back and and like these became like cult classics. They went back and found his other work that maybe they hadn't seen. Yeah, and uh, people keep giving him money. Yeah, and I, you know Isle of Dogs. It seems like is and I, and I picked it specifically because it's much more recent, uh, but also animated. Um, and uh, um, I thought you know when I was first looking up the numbers for it, I had high hopes because by 2018 people knew who Wes Anderson yeah. was. And so, you know, he's not putting out a, a, a super slow uh, live action film and, and still it, it, it ended up in the same range for BSI. All right. But <clears throat> before we do our deep dig, yes. uh, looking at the, the movie itself, looking at the nomination and chatting through Pantheon yeah. criteria, do something else first. that on our table, we have oh, some stuff. Just a plastic bag then. Some stuff from Ryan Smith. And uh, we, these are uh, g- gifts, bribes. They're bribes. They are every bri- single time. They're every bribes. single time. They don't have to do this for us, but the council members say thank you very much. We appreciate you. Je ne sais quoi. No, I, I don't, don't know even, what that is. I don't. I don't. So I don't know let's uh, let's open some of this God, stuff up. Rip it here. Wait. Hold on. Wait. 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 Here, scissors. Thank scissors. You, thank you. Thank you. Here. There you there go. go. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, oh, holy! Look at that! Ooh, looky, I got black. <clears throat> I got a black robber mask. Oh, I thought it was a gimp mask. For oh no, no, no! no, no, no this no. is a robber mask. No, there's no zipper, and it's it's, we got, it's knitted. We got ski masks so yeah. with eye and mouth holes, so we can we can be like the robber ah, uh, doing like. doing heists from. The fantastic you Mr. Know, Fox. Today and, and yesterday were a couple of the coldest days we've had so far this oh, season. Man. And so this would be nice when I had to go outside and get the mail. Yeah. Or take yeah. my neighbor's mail. Yeah. Oh, and also we have uh, oh, on look, here. A book. We have there's two. We have a a journal type book right oh, here. Oh, and a composition notebook as well. Yeah. Yeah. We can the, a, a, like a medium sized one and then a full. Yeah. Full size one, and, I, and they have fantastic Mr. Fox. I like this one where he made his ski mask out of a sock, I do. and then he's got like the foot sticking off to the side. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I can take the the petite one. Sure, I'll and take. I'll the let you take one. the big one. You betcha. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Thank as you. it should be. Yeah, those will go on my special shelf, Thanks. right next to my copy of the fantastic Mr. Fox. And your red hat from the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. That one's on another shelf <laughs> uh, in the same room, but it's also a special shelf. All right. right so next let's... to my candle yeah. of Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my the, Bill the, Murray the, votive uh, candle. The votive candle. <laughs> Deep dig time. All Let's right. look at. Uh, I, I, I trimmed down uh, Ryan Smith's uh, three-page. He feels uh, so much about nomination. This so, but I trimmed it down a little bit. Right. So, uh, to a couple of high points, uh, he says Wes Anderson's films are hit or miss with me. I think that generally, I like the style of his movies, but many times I simply walk away underwhelmed. However, when it does, he does hit me. 
It's out of the park. I have professed my love for The Life Aquatic, and I think that it is Anderson's most underrated film, while Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably his best film with the most broad appeal. For my money, Fantastic Mr. Fox is Anderson's best film, and he deserves to be reevaluated. I appreciate that this film embraces what it is, a film that is written for adults and presentable for kids that doesn't pander to either audience. I love animation, and although there are other, far more technically impressive stop-motion films, pretty much anything like a studio's does is impressive to see. The rougher edges and lower, more traditional stop-motion frame rate, 12 per second, of this production gives it a more down-to-earth, natural look, in my opinion. Which, by the way, going back to the Rankin and Bass, is what they use in the Rankin and Bass yeah, Rudolph films. That's why yeah. they look like that. When all combined, the visuals in Fantastic Mr. Fox can be strikingly beautiful, funny, and like the pages of a children's book. Imagine that. The natural feel of design carries through into the recording and sound design of the production as well. Instead of always recording the actors in booths, Anderson would get them together, quote, on location at a Connecticut farm to perform their scenes. If the characters were outside, then they recorded outside, doing basically what they would do for... Uh, live action. There are plenty more great performances, but I want to highlight Michael Gambon, Michael Gambon, as Franklin Bean, whose terrifying voice is so perfect for the part, and also uh, Willem Dafoe's Rat, a ridiculously over-the-top vocalization that steals every scene he's in. Fantastic Mr. Fox is easily Wes Anderson's best film, in my opinion, and its ability to live harmoniously as a Wes Anderson film, a children's film, a grown-up film, a stop-motion film, a heist film, a successful child's book adaptation, and an intelligent but often silly comedy, while not having those elements overpower each other, is a hell of an achievement in my book. If you haven't watched it or haven't watched it in a while, give it another chance and see if Mr. Fox impresses you as much as he has me. I vote Mr. I vote Fantastic Mr. Fox for Pantheon Consideration. And it is so said for Pantheon Consideration. So, now, let's chat first about some uniquenesses and challenges of this film. And I pass the ball to you on this one. I'll give you one that I feel, personally, is both a uniqueness and a challenge. Um, in live-action films, think like Ocean's Eleven or, mm-hmm. or Twelve or something like that. If you have a section of witty banter going back and forth, say George Clooney and, and uh, Brad, Pitt. Brad Pitt just kind of hitting each other back and forth, that, that plays because you're not just listening to the words they say, you're looking at their body language, the stuff that's going on around them, the way their face expresses, all that. In this film, you have that kind of, it wasn't even banter, it was just monologue. Uh, in that same tone of voice, it could literally have been Danny Ocean, credited as the Fantastic Mr. Fox, but with no counterpoint and with no physical cues other than what they put into the animation which yeah wasn't enough i think to really kind of carry it if that makes any sense so i I see that as a uniqueness i don't remember an animated film with that much of that sort of like monologuing going on but also i find it as a challenge because it pulled me out of the movie many many well you know how many times he does it in the movie if you watch the movie so it pulled me out of the movie i was just kind of (sighs) like You know, like, let's go. Let's move forward. Um, I saw that as both a uniqueness and a challenge. I'll, 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 I'll 
jump in there with yeah. uh, both a uniqueness and a challenge. Wes Anderson. Yeah, it is like we've talked about and used the language before. It's a flavor, mm-hmm. like I mean, and and yeah. like um, I saw it in Ryan's stuff, I, and Kyle talks about this as well. Is that perhaps more than any other director of modern time has a, such a signature style mm-hmm. where you look at it immediately and you go, yeah, no, I yeah, that like it is. This is Wes Anderson. Yeah. He, you also, I mean, the we, we had that with uh, Spirited Away. That was another kind of like uh, um, the director that has has a look. Mm-hmm. Um, directors have looks. Uh, Edgar Wright, last time around, had like that we looked at, has a look. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi has a look, but older, like Spielberg and... Well, and you said earlier, you know, Wes Anderson and his direct opposite. And I was also going to say, Michael Bay, where you're like, yeah. That's a Michael Bay film. So many explosions. Or when you see Bad Robot across the, the, before the movie, the, before the movie labels for the, for the, for the uh, production house, you're like, I know what's happening. This is Abrams. He's got his finger in this pie. Lens flare. Here we go. So... Now it's a flavor. If you like the flavor, if you if you love the flavor, right, you're gonna love this. If like, you like the flavor, you, you might like you might love right. this. And if you if you have friends who like peanut butter fish, yeah, you know they swear by it. And you if you haven't had it before, yeah. you might want to try it. But it might it may or may not be your flavor. So uniqueness, like it's a style, and mm-hmm. it's very stylized. And and kudos to that. But. For there might be some people who just say, "I've never been able to get into that." Right. Um, that's that. That's one. Another thing that I would throw out there, and um, as far as uniqueness, that hmm, we've seen some stop motion stuff. We've seen some children's stories. We've seen some other stuff. So it, any one of those particular categories is not particularly a uniqueness of the film even the overall storyline itself i know it follows the children's book but it's but it's not a storyline that i would be like oh i've never heard that storyline before it feels like another fairy tale but one of the but uh along that line a challenge might be somebody who watches the film and says who is this for because i can't tell i like it's it's a kid's story but they're shooting tails off foxes and and murdering chickens and and glorifying robbing and stealing and 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 drinking Mm. and so so like there's there's gonna be there would there might be people who are like it doesn't fit in that court category but then you're like is it an adult film well eh, see it's got enough kids stuff in it where you know yeah and they're like okay so is it a family film Eh, I don't know. Now, again, some people might watch this and like it hit on all cylinders. cylinders. But there's going to be other people who are like, I don't know if it did. Right. Um. And uh, uh, and and as a uh, like a spoiler, a little bit is that in reading through the Facebook comments, I didn't mention any of the council views that are already in there. Mm -hmm. That uh, a good number of the council. There was a couple of yes, you know, a good chunk of yeses already, mm-hmm. but they weren't five out of five yeses. They were like for Pantheon, the rule of thumb is that if it's a four point five or higher, right. we're gonna like push it into Pantheon. Like it right. can be considered for Pantheon. 
these were all four point. They were like a bunch of in the four point five range. Yeah. It was like four four nine nine. It's so close. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Yeah. You might even argue that, and I don't know about Wes Anderson specifically, but some some might feel that well, it's from this director, and there's a lot of people who are very big on this director. And so that gives the X factor a bit for the movie pushing it forward. Not like, oh, I don't want to be the one person to say no. Not like I want to, not yeah. FOMO, right? But but instead more more just kind of like, well, but it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, and I don't want to be the person who says it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, even some of the some of the comments that we read, a couple of them were like, I know I'm in the minority, but yeah, you know. And we've had this other with actors as well, where we're like, yeah. but it's uh, it's Robin Williams, right. but it's uh, yeah. it's it's Bruce Lee. It's, right. it, you're like, ah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, breakdown. Let's do a little breakdown, and some of these are going to blend together. Well, for I'll, sure, I'll call them out. You tell me how you feel. How about that? No, I'm host. Oh, right, my bad. So I get to call I've them been out. Put in my place, and you tell me how you feel, and then I'll jump in on it. All right. Last time around, that you got to call them out. Did I? So you did. Breakdowns and standout moments. We'll start with acting and casting, and uh, just because you wanted me to go first, I will. Okay. So acting and casting. I honestly don't have any problem with acting and casting that um, the there's going to be some other things that I'm going to chat about later, but it's not about who was chosen for the mm-hmm. role. No. And it's not about um, their performance, the actor or how, or the, the role to actor connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like for these actors, it's a top notch cast and Wes Anderson works with some good people. He tends to have top names in there. And for you, uh, acting and casting, did anybody seem out of place? Um, no. I do agree that William Defoe's character was was fun. I yeah. I really liked that quite a bit. And uh, but but I, I I mean nothing to me was like out of place. Sure. The actors seemed to be good choices for the roles. So let's lean into the next thing. Yeah. Directing. And editing, right. So this is where the this is this is where your Wes Anderson factor comes in, where he's encouraging them or bringing out in them different ways to do their roles. Yeah. Like I'm watching the film, and for me, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this is quirky. Right. Like, it, like <laughs> it's so so quirky. I would be okay with quirky. I <laughs> and really then, would. At the same time, where I was, I was watching it with my wife. I was like, yeah. like the combination, it's. It's like, it's Wes Anderson, so it's going to be quirky, and just dripping with ennui. And 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 and, and for those for for those of you uh, who are like the what, it's uh, boredom. But it's it's not boredom. <laughs> not total boredom. It's not. It's it is it's like boredom and uncaringness. It is active boredom. Yeah. It is the state of actively being bored in that uh, that, and it is a, a sense of just being. Um, removed or distant or aloof mm-hmm. and he does it on purpose yeah and he encourages his actors to act that way to be that, that way like lines of dialogue would be like dad i need 74 enemas i don't think you need 74 enemas son well i need them right now i think that's a bad idea 
Well, Tommy at school said that John John said that Tina wouldn't like me if I didn't have enemas. Well, again, I don't think enemas are a good deal for you, especially at 78 of them in a row. <laughs> Dad, you never believe in me. And then storm off and you're like, what? Not only was that quirky, but why were you so blasé about it? Right. So, but um, some people love this. And they're like, it's great. For me, I watch it and I'm like, uh, it's it just, it's, it's like leaning, leaning over to quietly let out a fart. <laughs> the, well, for the, for the I movie. I also watch this movie with my wife, but also my oldest son, who's over 30. And I thought that there would be three different connections to this movie. And about two thirds of the way through, my wife said, are you watching this for Pantheon? And I said, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm watching it to prepare, you know, so I know what I'm talking about. And she said, is this from the same guy that did that Zisu movie? And I said, yes. And she goes, well, we haven't seen the scene that looks like Dig Dug. And then, boom, the yeah. Dig Dug. My head is now permanently the Dig Dug scene, you know, where they do the, it's a cut side view and you can yeah. see the whole yeah, yeah. tunnel system. Yeah. And, he, and she's like, oh, there it is. There it is. And, my son said, what in the heck is this? Yeah. And so I was like, wow, okay. So, wow, okay. And then we, I, we finished watching the movie, but it was just like, ah, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and they, for me, like, there, the, the editing was, like, the like how they chopped scenes together. I didn't have a problem with that. The, uh, the story in terms of, and this is bleeding between director and, and directing and the story, there were slow moments that like were just odd for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. um but screenplay and story for you uh i it was fine i mean i, I, mean, I remember like the it. book yeah and i although it did not a hundred percent follow the book it it, it was an adaptation and it's two-thirds of it did the yeah. last third of it just like went off uh on its own on its own but even so uh, you know there was a i think i remember there was a couple of characters that might have been combined into one but that happens all the time with adaptations so that that's no big deal uh the screenplay and story i thought were, were okay you know the, here's the thing about this the story for me though it didn't it didn't go anywhere to for me it didn't go anywhere and I, I kept like there wasn't a huge character I, arc. Yeah, I thought it was like, gonna be a character arc or whatever, like a redemption thing. Kind of. It was like a like a inverse character arc where like he started uh, kind of being active and then like doldrum of family, and then he and then came back, came back. Uh, but then he ruined his family's lifestyle. So then he down yeah. and then cinematography and locations. Right. So no problem with this. Like it's beautiful for me. Ninety percent of the film. I, I love the cinematography. I love the animation. The stop motion was great. I, I like that version of stop motion that's yeah. a little herky-jerky on the edges. They did it on purpose, and I'm cool with that. But it felt like there were times where, and, and I, I realize, I get that Anderson was doing it for effect, but they would go from this really cool stop motion to 2D shadow puppets for no kind of no reason and then back to full animation again. There is a reason, and it's quirkiness. Yeah, it's intentional quirkiness. Uh, yeah, uh, but and like he and he uses that kind of in other he films does. as well. I know. Um, score, 
I had no problem with the score. I, no, I even liked, I, also, I, I didn't like some. Of I liked Petey's bad song. I used their. I used the very soundtrack. fun. <laughs> I used the in my in my classes. I teach right. Yeah. Like college students doing their thing. They have a lot of in class work time, and I play music. And I actually pulled up the score for yeah. this on Pandora and actually ran the score for this. No one said a word. No, yeah. <laughs> they just. It's just background music to them. And then they had, and it's got cool additions like Burl Ives and, yeah. uh, and, and other things. There was there was one moment with uh, slightly more with forward, like the song was a little more forward. Uh, I can't point it out, but like there was one of the, one of the comments we read that was like, for them, that was, a, that pulled them out of the movie. Pulled them out of the bit. movie. Um, <clears throat> special effects and notables. It's stop motion. Yeah, we, we've talked about it. Was about gorgeous, yeah, it was gorgeous, good colors. Good. I liked the addition of like the 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 smoke with cotton balls coming up, and yeah. that was fun. I, and honestly, the characters themselves were drawn well and consistently drawn. They were created and, and represented, animated well with consistency. You yeah. know, they they were good. And and Bunsen, uh, uh, Bunts, yeah. Borg and Beans, uh, yeah. the the humans. I liked that a lot. It, um, it reminded me of. Um, of um, uh, oh shoot, uh, it's another animated one. It's very very British with the two guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. It, Gromit, Wallace, yeah, and yeah, Gromit. Wallace, the, the the they they were reminiscent in my mind of Wallace and Gromit a bit, and yeah. and I and I and I and I like that look. So that was kind of cool. Uh, X Factor. Is there any X Factor for you? And you, look, how about this? Can I ask? Are there any Wes Anderson? Wes Anderson films that you particularly enjoy or know, like I mean mm-hmm. I don't know how many you know of or have watched but are there any that really stand out to you here's the thing when I first watched Royal Tenenbaums we went to the theater and watched it there wasn't anything else to watch and we just picked it and I didn't know what that was and I really liked it and the other three people I was with my wife and a, and a couple we were double dating with they didn't but I did and I liked Royal Tannenbaums, and I liked Rush. It was, for it was me, weird, but Rush, I still liked it. Rushmore, uh, I really liked Rushmore. Like uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. But but I, I felt like you know those had an X factor. This one, the X factor would be Wes Anderson style and that stop motion style, right? But just for me, they they weren't enough yeah. to. They yeah. weren't. They. I know that I'm. Again, I'm in the minority with some of these other yeah. folks on that aspect. I mean, like, I'm, yeah. Spoiler alert: saying. This movie's probably going to make it in because it's oh, very. I think like, as of today, it has six already with like three. It things has five or six. Yeah. It, it, it five or six. But, we'll, we'll get to but, the. But I don't. But I don't. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from. I don't that. begrudge anybody for no, liking the film. No or begrudging. Anything like yeah. That. And I'm not even. Gonna, if somebody else says no, this movie's perfect for me. I can't yeah. argue with that. I get it. But in a lot of the conversation and even the hesitancy, emotional hesitancy mm-hmm. that uh, is present in our conversation feels like we're doing a retread of the talk that we had about Life Aquatic, the Life Aquatic. Did we Steve do the same <laughs> thing? I'm about to play that we're play like, the like, but and there's a big difference here. Yeah. 32 award win when it yep. won 32 awards on 63 nominations including two, two oscar Oscars, nominations which i'm gonna say i don't know but oscar I'm, nominations yeah. oscar nominations thank you but i'm just gonna say those were probably on animation yeah. or uh something else but anyway yes yep. so it's, it's an award-winning movie you can't take that away from it yeah 
And uh, it's it's got good scores. Uh, and in I different read places. something about the Oscars the other day, by the way. Yes. Some that... just real quick insert. We're getting ready to talk about some trivia. Here's a little trivia about the Oscars. They were created by the movie studios to keep the actors from unionizing. Yeah. They were just trying to keep them satisfied by giving them a that cookie. Was the article is that Oscar has a second name and it's M A Y E R as in M G M. That is the Meyer. article. Yeah, yeah. No, I read that and I'm like, oh yeah, that you, makes sense. It's like, no, if we if we and shake it, some shiny baubles in front of these actors, yep. maybe they won't want more money. And within three years, the actors, the writers, and yeah. the directors all had their own unions. Oh yeah, no, well, it didn't work. Yeah. So uh, a little trivia that from IMDb on this that uh, we've got. Uh, first one up is a. Uh, uh, writer, producer, and director Wes Anderson chose to have the actors and actresses record their dialogue outside of the studio and on location to increase naturalness. We went out in a forest, in an attic, in a stable, underground for some things. Uh, there was this great spontaneity in the recordings because of that. Mm. Now, we also, for special effects, didn't mention this, but CGI was used once. It was used in one scene for the flooding, flooding. of the Flint Mine. Mm -hmm. This was shot digitally using a, a Nikon D3, which offers a significantly higher resolution than even that of a full HD camera. It was also shot at a frame rate of 12 frames per second rather than the more fluid 24, so that viewers would notice the medium of stop motion itself. Now, altogether, there was 535 puppets were made for this movie. Mr. Fox had 17 different styles alone, and each of Mr. Fox's styles had to be done in six different sizes. He had 102 puppets. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout, throughout this whole movie, the word cuss is used in place of actual cussing. Uh, that's cursing for those of you from Lafayette. Yeah. Uh, when asked about its origin in a radio interview on Fresh Air with Terry Gross, Wes Anderson said, I don't even remember. I think it was just to use the concept of profanity as a replacement for profanity itself. It turned out to be very versatile. In keeping with this theme, one of the buildings seen in this movie bears cuss written in spray-painted graffiti. I, I almost feel like we had to like do... Uh, uh, do a radio play of that of that tri trivia. Like, <clears throat> Hi, I'm Terry Gross, and you're listening to Fresh Air. We're here today with Wes Anderson, and Hello. I wanted to ask you about the use of the word "cons" in your movie. Oh, you know, I don't even, I don't even remember. <laughs> I think it was just to use like the concept of profanity. Whoa. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Writer, producer, director Wes Anderson wanted to use real animal hair for all of the animal puppets, even though it meant the hair that the hair would appear to ripple unnaturally in this movie due to the puppeteer's handling of the models between frames. The rippling was apparently intentional. Also, the hair on the humans was human hair. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so in... Um, now let's look at a little bit of the council votes sure. uh, as of this evening. Well, Ryan is a yes. He Ryan's a yes. It. He nominated. It'd be weird if he said no, right? Kyle, uh, uh, an aficionado of Wes Anderson mm. films, uh, said yes as well. How about Brad? Brad didn't want to be left out. Also said yes mm -hmm. to this. Mr. Jeremy. Jeremy, who's a highfalutin. In his tastes, uh, said yes as well because mm -hmm. he's, he's very. Uh, he has an acumen uh, that's just it's it's 
bar his, none. His radar is yeah. right on. Matthew Wade said yes Alrighty. as well. So there's five on the council mm-hmm. right there. April on the council said a no. So I think at this point, she may be the only no vote right now. I'm not sure. She is the only no because Marshall, Nathan, and Adam haven't said anything. Neither has Jesse. And neither has Jesse. But we do have five in. And the Facebook poll is at 85 yes, 25 no. And then some who haven't seen it and need to rewatch. But it would count as a yes. So there are six votes that are yes. If the the Facebook poll holds, it is definitely six yeses. Needs one more out of Marshall, Nathan, Adam, or the guest vote. And I... Don't think I've ever seen a one, two, three, four in a row from those who are left all go no. one way. Yeah, no. Uh, so uh, I have seen a poll swing, but usually from no to yes, where yeah. it was like a, not very many people had voted yet, and there were yeah. several no's in the beginning. So the uh, this is very highly likely to get in. Seems like it. And uh, if you had a vote, where would you go on this one? I would vote no. Okay. Um, but I think my reasons are clear and and yeah. uh, and my justification and, and, and it's no it's going to be no surprise from everybody who's hearing my hemming and hawing as well that I would also be a yes <laughs> I, I just wanted to pull a Mr. Mac right there from la- from last episode and uh, throw out a, a surprise yes when you didn't expect it at all uh, no I'd be a no uh, I'd be a no on this one. I was so close on that last movie, though. I was back and forth until like we started the podcast. So, and I, I get it. it. And and for me, I watched this one, and and I think it just boils down to I just didn't, I I didn't connect. I wasn't moved. And um, it's not about math. It's not about anything else. It's just about that gestalt, that whole feeling of uh, of just you know being moved yeah and i and i i just wasn't connected and didn't move from it um now uh as a side note yeah because we i had mentioned this to you earlier also because one of our first movies that we looked at was paul thomas anderson's yes. boogie nights which boogie ryan nights. smith had nominated yes and another anderson which should have made it through because it, it's a Fabulous movie, and a, and it I, could be renominated at any I, moment. I'll say in 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 our conversation, I said no, and uh, years ago, but I might be considered to say yes because uh, it was just so much. It was so very on the edge. Yeah. All that said, yeah. it would be uh, I want to see Wes Anderson, not Paul Anderson, no. Thomas Anderson, but Wes Anderson's Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. Yeah, I want yeah. to so like a, a reboot of Boogie <laughs> yeah. Nights. Yeah, uh, a, of course, Marky Mark's too old now. A, so. co- a coterie of sinister phalluses. Yeah, so maybe, maybe he could he could he could grab <laughs> our, uh, our 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 hero from from uh, 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 Zombieland and and yeah. the fantastic <laughs> Mr. Diggler, played by Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh no, Owen Wilson! Wow. Is, Owen Wilson had to be the wow. director. Wow, <laughs> he's too old. <laughs> I am a star. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any any other final thoughts that you have uh, that you have? I'm looking this? forward to this season. I've heard rumors and and uh, and everything about the movies that are coming up. None none of which has been confirmed. And uh, I'm 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 I love watching these movies. I even love watching movies that I don't love. Yeah. And th- I don't say I'm not saying I don't love this movie. I'm saying we've seen movies that I've in the in our yeah. experience 
with Pantheon that I d- did not like that movie at all. Yeah. And uh, I even like watching those movies because it, I love the filling in the gaps. I love the way we talk about them and break them down. I'm just looking forward to the whole dealio. Uh, so, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Videoland find you? On Facebook. Yeah. And you? And Facebook as well. And uh, you can... Always find us on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com, the website, and it's got wonderful information on Pantheon and, Lots of stuff. and all sorts of other cool little uh, doodads you can check out. But the conversation, as always, begins and ends on Facebook. So, my friends and compatriots, you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders... Cuss you, you cussing cussers. Cuss, 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 cussers. Cuss, cuss. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, uh, it's okay. How about this? We, we love, love you. you.